The New York Islanders pull off a spectacular win on Friday but have nothing left in the tank on Saturday. We'll break down both of this weekend's key games, plus a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Hope everybody had a great weekend. A mixed weekend for the Islanders. Friday night, they traveled to Newark and come away with a dramatic and important 6-4 win. But then, Saturday, nothing left in the tank. A 3-0 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to have our key takeaways from both games. We'll talk fishermen jerseys and a whole lot more. But first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you have, uh, leave us your first name and where you're from. We are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So definitely make sure that you join me for that. So a mixed bag of a weekend. Friday, a dramatic and important win over the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, this was a this was a rough physical, intense game. The Islanders fell behind early one to nothing, but picked it up and actually held a four to one lead and then a five to two lead before holding on for dear life. Let's start with the with the injury situation. Both uh, Anthony Bavillier and Cal Clutterbuck banged up early in this game. Clutterbuck amazingly returned wearing a face shield, kind of a cage in his helmet. And uh, not only did he manage to finish the game, but Cal Clutterbuck finishes the game with a goal and an assist. He was a uh, plus two and, and, and just had a very strong game overall. Four hits. I mean, Clutter, four hits, three block shots, a goal and an assist in 13 minutes and 20 seconds of ice time. That is just incredible, fearless hockey 
uh, by Cal Clutterbuck, an all-time tough guy and a guy that Islander fans obviously uh, admire a lot for the what he brings to this team and how he plays the game. And he went out and showed that in this contest. Unfortunately, Anthony Bevilier, only on the ice for 3 minutes, 53 seconds before his injury, he does not return to the Friday game and then is out for the Saturday game. So he remains officially day-to-day, and we are waiting to see what happens. Now, elsewhere on the injury front, uh, you know, we've mentioned that Adam Pellick is injured, and yes, Robin Sallow came in, played both games Friday and Saturday, did not figure in the scoring, and amazingly, you know, Sallow only on the ice for 7 minutes, 25 seconds on Friday, a lot more ice time on Saturday, 16 minutes, 10 seconds. But overall, uh, did the Islanders miss Adam Pellick? Yeah, I think there's very little question that they did. But kudos to a few players for, stand, uh, for, for stepping up, especially on the Friday game. I think Scott Mayfield had over 25 minutes of ice time to lead all Islanders players. He had an assist, and then Alexander Romanov, Not exactly known for his offensive prowess, but Romanov, 24-45 of ice time uh, and ended up with three hits and, uh, you know, the two helpers. So that was great. By the way, Friday night also for Scott Mayfield, five blocked shots to lead all Islanders players. Ryan Pulak had four right behind him. But, you know, the thing I liked about this game Even though they fell behind early against a talented team, the Islanders were clearly there for a purpose. In the earlier meeting this season against the Devils, the Islanders were no, they had no answer for the speed of the Devils. Well, for most of the first period, I'd say after the first seven or eight minutes, all of the second period, the Islanders really did a nice job of slowing things down and and making sure that the Devils did not have uh, sort of that that speed factor to their game that really impeded the Islanders and, and, and wouldn't let them get going. Now, there was some controversy in the game against the Devils midway through the game, middle of the second period. Miles Wood of the Devils was skating into the Islanders zone, knocked all, you know, faked out a couple of Islanders, and then you end up with a really solid, hard hit by Romanov on Wood. Wood had his head down, wasn't looking. It looked like a shoulder-to-shoulder hit on the replay. I had some Devil fans on Twitter sort of saying how, you know, that was a headshot. How could you not see that? Looked at the replay, still didn't see a headshot. Uh, Here's what Romanov had to say about it. I can't just let him skate through the four guys and score. I never chased some guys, never tried to destroy somebody. Just a clean hit. Solid. And I have to agree with that assessment. And look, obviously, you know, Michael McLeod came in and dropped the gloves. And we see that so often now in the modern NHL, where even after a clean hit, you have people going after a player. And I understand on a hit like that where Wood ends up on the ice uh, woozy after that hit that, yeah, I understand why McLeod felt like he 
had to go and send a message to Romanov. But no penalty against Romanov on the play. McLeod ended up with an instigator. And I think more importantly to demonstrate that the NHL did not view this as a dirty play. No fine, no hearing, no suspension for Alexander Romanov. So it ends up being uh, viewed as a clean hit. And the Islanders end up with the, the W. And, you know, Semyon Varlamov played well in goal. The, the, the bad part about this game for me was that the Devils end up pulling their goalie with about seven and a half minutes left in the third period. And that ended up being a little bit frightening only because after they pull the goaltender, they end up with a goal by Jack Hughes, and they hit two posts. So they're down 6-3, they pull the goalie, and it felt like the last seven and a half minutes, maybe five and a half or six of those seven and a half minutes, were spent deep in the Islanders' zone, and the Islanders were just holding on for dear life as the Devils took shot after shot. And yeah, the posts help. Posts are part of a goalie's equipment. You'll hear that expression a lot in hockey, but a emotional, well-played win for the Islanders over the Devils. Interesting statistic, by the way, from this game. Ten shots on goal for Anders Lee. He had one goal. Eight shots on goal for Brock Nelson. He led the Islanders with two goals. And uh, um, amazingly enough, uh, this is the first group of Islander teammates, two, two Islanders players, who had eight or more shots on goal since Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy did it back in December of 1978. So uh, this is only the fourth time in Islanders history that it happened and the first time since the disco era, folks. So big win for the Islanders and an emotional one at that. When we come back, we will discuss what happened Saturday at the UBS Arena. Uh, the Islanders falling to the Carolina Hurricanes. And yeah, the, the Fisherman jerseys are back. We'll talk about that as well. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On Islanders, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. So this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Islanders listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this off. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you've got 24-7 professional monitoring agents using Fast Protect technology, which is exclusively from Simply Safe, and it captures critical evidence and verifies that the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. 
So as exciting and exhilarating as Friday night's win in Newark was, Saturday back at the UBS Arena was more or less a disaster. The Islanders came out, played fine in the first period. It was scoreless. It was fairly even. And then the bottom just fell out. And they end up with a 3 to nothing loss. Just 16 shots on goal in the entire game. And, you know... We talked about the 10 shots and the 8 shots for Lee and Nelson. Well, in, in on Saturday, Nelson had 3, Anders Lee, no shots on goal in the game. And overall, the Islanders just a step too slow, chasing the puck, chasing the, the Hurricanes, could not create any substantial kind of an offense. And quite honestly, it just looked like the Islanders spent all their energy Friday night against the Devils and just didn't have enough left in the tank Saturday to compete with a skilled and talented team like the Carolina Hurricane. And look, Paul Stastny scored the first goal of the game midway through the second period. It was his first goal of the year. He's barely seen the ice, but it was a rebound. Not a lot Sorokin could have done about it. A defensive breakdown once again. And... We just saw too many of them. And if it wasn't for Sorokin, who had 26 saves in a losing effort, this game would not have even been as close as 3 to nothing. Now, Hudson Fashing came back. As I mentioned, Anthony Bevilier did not play uh, because of the injury he suffered Friday. Fashing came back in. One of the few players with a little hustle and a little zip throughout this game, but so many guys. I, I, I could sit there and say, oh yeah, Josh Bailey didn't look particularly good. And uh, I, I could go through the entire roster practically and tell you this guy didn't look good, that guy didn't look good. None of them did. Dobson was a minus two. Aho was a minus two. Clutterbuck was a minus two. But realistically, the issue at the end of the day was that this team just could not get the energy necessary to sustain a a solid attack and it was disappointing to watch after everything they accomplished Friday night it just looked like the tank was on empty and I guess there were two issues that you could bring up in relation to that and issue number one was is this team in shape uh Back-to-backs are something that NHL teams have to prepare for. They are certainly important. And over the course of a season, you're going to have, what, six, eight, ten of those. You don't want to leave all those points on the table. You have to be in prime physical condition to be able to play. And the other thing is about this back-to-back, it's not like the Islanders were in Boston or Florida or Uh, Washington, D.C., where there was a flight involved. The road game was in Newark. They probably took a bus, you know. Uh, uh, They they were able to sleep in their own beds Friday night and and be ready for the Saturday evening game. So, you know, that part of it is, is a little baffling. And I guess the other part of it is psychological. As a coach, Lane Lambert has to have this team ready physically, and mentally to play the back-to-back against two challenging teams. Unfortunately, they weren't really able to do it. They couldn't get 
their reserves called up and 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 be ready for this game and that was very disappointing so whether whether it's a physical thing or a mental thing lane lambert has some work to do to try to make sure that this team uh sort of is sharper the next time they're dealing with a back-to-back game and uh, you know another player that i think played pretty well friday but really did not play well uh on Saturday, how about Matthew Barzal? I mean, Barzi led the Islanders forwards in ice time with 19-21, but he only had one shot in this game and had he was officially credited with three giveaways. But, you know, I, I've said this a lot and I did tweet it out during the game. Matthew Barzal, when he's on, he skates around, he creates plays for the offense, he uh, gets things done that are very big for the Islanders' attack, but when he's off, he skates around too much, tries to do too much, and turns the puck over, and it's almost like we, you know, you had Dr. Jekyll, you know, Matthew Barzal on Friday, and Mr. Hyde, Matthew Barzal on Saturday, giving up the puck and trying to to do too much when the team was lagging. He's out there desperately trying to create offense, and it ended up backfiring, so you know, that was disappointing to see, and certainly the Islanders, uh, you know, needed more from Barzi in that game when the offense was struggling to try to get it uh, on track. He tried to do too much, and it ended up biting him in the back. Now, the Islanders did make a little history, if you want to call it that, on Saturday, debuting their reverse retro jerseys with the classic or infamous Fisherman logo from the 96-97 era, and a new, new uniform, a little darker blue, the navy blue, uh, not the aqua that was part of that original design, but it was interesting because a lot of younger fans love the, the Fisherman jersey, they think it's cool, uh, they even like the original design, a lot of the older fans who are old enough to remember what the Islanders played like in those fishermen jerseys, uh, a little less enthusiastic because of the memories of, you know, Mike Milbury trading away all the high-priced talent on that team and watching the Islanders struggle mightily. And then you're on social media during the game, oh, it's the uniforms, they're cursed, the, 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 the fishermen jerseys are cursed. Yes, it looks like the Gorton's Fisherman uh, logo, yes, it looks a little like Stan Fischler, I'm getting used to the jerseys. I like the navy. It's a, it, I like it as the reverse retro jerseys. They're going to wear them five more times this year. We are doing a poll. If you head over to YouTube on our social page there for Locked On Islanders, we have a poll. What do you think of the Fisherman jerseys? Please vote in the poll. Feel free to comment. We'll read some of them on the air if we get some good ones. So uh, definitely check that out on our YouTube page and uh, give us your feedback as to the Islanders' reverse retro jerseys. So, busy weekend for the New York Islanders. They end up splitting their two games. I'll take that. I would have loved three out of four possible points, but certainly two points playing the two teams, you know, top two teams by record in the division coming into this weekend. Uh, I, I, I will take that for sure. Uh, but... Again, the issue, the Islanders now in fourth place in the Metropolitan Division, 
And, you know, it's still only two points behind Carolina and Pittsburgh, but Carolina has a couple of games in hand. Pittsburgh has a game in hand. The schedule's going to get tougher, and the Islanders need to find a way to start getting themselves back on track. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, An Islander who made a big impact on the team's first big playoff run and who is the father of a current member of the New York Islanders. We've got that, plus uh, some final thoughts about the road ahead. We know the schedule continues to be tough. What do we need to see from this Islanders team when they take on Boston on Tuesday? We've got all that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to World Cup soccer, the NHL, and of course esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And hey, the Islanders certainly going to be underdogs heading into Boston tomorrow night. Check out the odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day and Sunday would have been the 81st birthday of former Islanders winger J.P. Parise. Bill Torrey made a big trade to get the Smooth Rock Falls, Ontario native from the Minnesota North Stars midway through. It was in February of the 1974-75 season, and Parise delivered, scoring 14 goals and 30 points in 41 games with the Islanders that 74-75 year and then eight goals and 16 points in 17 playoff games as the Islanders made a big run to the semifinals that year. Parise then put together back-to-back 20-goal seasons for the Isles, which traded midway through the 77-78 season to the Cleveland Barons, finished the year in Cleveland, then finished his career in 78-79 with the Minnesota North Stars, his second stint in Minnesota, was later an assistant coach with the North Stars in the 80s. For his career, J.P. Parise, 890 games, 238 goals, 594 points, 706 penalty minutes. Clutch guy, though, 27 goals, 58 points in 86 playoff games. And the thing about J.P. Parise, he was experienced, he was a leader, and he gave a very young Islanders team in 74-75 confidence and uh, sort of helped the young guys like Dennis Potvin at that point and Bobby Nystrom. He gave them what they really needed as far as guidance and, and, and confidence was concerned because it was not easy for that young team to believe that they had what it took to get the job done, and and yet Parise definitely did that. Now, we're going to go back and look at one of J.P. Parise's better games as an Islander. This is November 4th, 
1975 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And the California Golden Seals are the visiting team. Chico Resch, the goalie for the Islanders. Gilles Malash in goal for the Seals. And it was the Seals getting on the board first. Gary Sabarin, his third from Bob Gerard and Ralph Klassen at 437. Islanders down by a goal. But the Islanders pick things up. The power play gets it going. And first, it's Mike Christie of California off for hooking. J.P. Parise, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his third from Jean Potvin and Dennis Potvin at 13:39. The game is all even at 1-1. Then, later in the period, with Ralph Klassen off for hooking, J.P. Parise, his second of the game, fourth of the season, Ed Westfall, the captain, and Jean Potvin with the assist at 17:41. 2-1 Islanders after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, the Islanders get a shorthanded goal from Ed Westfall, his fifth. Dennis Potvan and Lorne Henning the assist at 141, and it is now a 3-1 Islanders lead. Then, Dennis Potvan, his eighth, from our Islanders' birthday of the day, J.P. Parise, and Chico Resch with a rare assist at 802. That makes it 4-1 Islanders, and then J.P. Parise completes his only hat trick as a New York Islander. His fifth, Ed Westfall and Jude Druan with the assist at 16-11. That makes it 5-1 Islanders. Bob Murdoch makes it 5-2 as he scores for the Seals from Dennis Marouk and Mike Christie at 17:50. The 3M line getting it done there for the Seals. Gary Sabarin scores his second of the game, fourth of the year in the third period from Ralph Klassen and Bob Gerard at 646. But that's all she wrote. Islanders win it by a score of 5-3. to three. Chico Resch, 21 saves to earn the win. Islanders out, shoot the Seals, 33-24. to 24. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, J.P. Parise, three goals, one assist. He's a plus two. He had seven shots on goal to lead the Islanders. And that, again, as I mentioned, was his only hat trick. And, of course, J.P. Parise's son, Zach, now a member of the New York Islanders and always plays the game the right way. Unfortunately, J.P. Parise left us January 7th, 2015, uh, at the age of 73, uh, left us far too soon so yesterday sunday would have been his 81st birthday and we certainly wish uh wish him all the best jp parise a pivotal player in the early history of the new york islanders is our islanders birthday of the day so the schedule as we know this is a, a difficult stretch and it was great that the islanders got off to a solid start beating the devils but it doesn't get any easier and, you know, Boston, Tuesday, and we'll have a full preview of that tomorrow. That's going to be a challenge. We know how good the Bruins are, 21-4-1 on the season. And then you head out west at Arizona, at Vegas, at Colorado, and then back to play the Rangers at Madison Square Garden and a home game against Florida, and that takes us up to the holiday break. So essentially, we are looking at six games between now and the holiday break. Get me even. Five of those games are on the road. You get me six points out of those six games. You add that two points against the Devils. 
I will take that through this difficult stretch. But the Islanders are going to need everything they've got in the tank to pull that off. And hopefully Lane Lambert can get these guys ready to play because this is a very important stretch for this team. At this difficult clip with the schedule, they cannot afford to lose points in a very tight Metropolitan Division and Eastern Conference playoff hunt. So slumps would really devastate this team, and the Islanders need to avoid one at all costs. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.